And we're just so happy to be able to have this conversation. Um, so on this podcast, um, we uh, confront ourselves. Live with integrity. And uh, try to fight oppression. Yeah. So um, today we are going to be talking about some pretty nuanced uh, stuff, um, which is really what we seek to do is, is make complicated things even more complicated. <laughs> um, so today we're going to talk about language um, but even more specifically, euphemisms. So I follow lots of really awesome people on Instagram. And um, I also look at uh, other podcasts that are like really awesome and speak to me for different reasons. One of my favorite podcasts ever is Black And, which is um, a brother and sister duo, Jonathan and April Perkins. Um, They host a very frank podcast about racism, white people, and ways to move forward. Um, They're biracial millennial siblings. And I am absolutely obsessed with this podcast. I absolutely love it. It's so um, awesome. And I've never really felt so heard, especially because we like to talk about interracial relationships so much. Um, And because they're biracial, I feel like a lot of the nuances that are addressed are right up our alley. And so I'm obsessed. But anyway, um, go follow them and listen to the podcast. But either way, um, Jonathan Perkins on his blog um, wrote a phenomenal uh, piece about white supremacy and um, euphemisms. Um, So if it's okay, I'd like to read a little bit of it. Will you listen? Let's do it. Okay. And then we can talk about it. So it goes on to say that a holistic and accurate understanding of so-called privilege, so-called white privilege and the white supremacy that undergrids it, however, must include an explanation of why privilege isn't the proper term for the phenomenon white supremacy is. If we're actually honest and take a close examination of what it means realistically to be white in America, then couple that examination with examples of other privileges, we must come to the conclusion that so-called white privilege is not privilege at all. It's a manifestation of white supremacy, a flawed theoretical framework that prefers and enforces propositions of value, fact, and policy that are foundationally exploitative, narcissistic, and inherently unsustainable. The term privilege denotes a sense of legitimacy. After all, we can agree that privilege is usually something we all strive to achieve and maintain. Privilege is good. White privilege, on the other hand, is evil. To speak of white privilege as a thing is to, in fact, affirm a white supremacist construct of society. What people refer to as white privilege is the idea that white people are deemed superiorly human and that they offer society in such a way and that they order society in such a way as to protect that sanctity of this of that superiority at any expense does this sound like any other privilege you've ever heard of ignorance toxic patronizing liberalism bigotry entitlement and cultural hegemony are not privileges 
they are sociopathic. To characterize social benefits paid for by the exploitation of black and brown bodies, particularly those indigenous to the land and those captured and brought here as slaves as privilege is disgusting and at best grossly negligent. White people do not benefit from some privilege. They suffer from the numbing and anesthetizing effects of white supremacy. Woo! That's a lot. And I took a couple of different pieces from the article there. Uh, it's a much longer article, so please read it. But those were the paragraphs that really stuck with me. Because what there there is a call here um, to start to see and acknowledge that we are using sort of these words like privilege um, incorrectly, right? We're using these euphemisms as ways to scapegoat uh, the root of the problem, which is white supremacy. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, I remember when Liana and I were at a conference at a college in the Pittsburgh area, and you know we've referenced Professor Kendi before, but he was the speaker, and someone asked during the question and answer section about how do I know that racism is occurring, either in my workplace, in my family, in my friend group? Like, how do I know that there is racism? And he just said, if there is unequal representation, racism is occurring. That's it. Because to assume anything other than that is to assume that race has any other influence other than systemic access or inequitable access, um, which it doesn't. And I think that that was one of the things when Liana was reading this article to me and I was thinking about it was just remembering back to him saying that that's all it is. That's all it takes. Because if you believe in the fact that racism is a construct, then anything more than just unequal representation and you adding any more weight to it than that um, is just wrong. And yeah, I just think that we, we do. We try to name it all these other things. But the bottom line is that if we white people are not acknowledging in this instance talking about the way that whiteness has completely removed or like decreased access for anyone who is not white to a lot of, especially in the United States. We're just pretending that we've earned all of this stuff <laughs> on our own. How long can you really hold up this sort of very partial truth to yourself that you have gotten yourself to a place where, you know, you're able to grow as a human being and not realize that so much of that growth comes from your ability to say, I am safe and I am secure and I'm stable based on a lot of things that I have access to that other people do not. If that makes sense. Yeah, well, the wild <laughs> part about it is that what would it look like if we started switching this language around, right? Because I was thinking about when the question came up that you mentioned, how do you know if it's if it's racist? How do you know if racism is happening? You know, just just the fact that there are people who really don't see it um, is an example, really, of just how internalized it is, no matter who we are. You know, it's just so normalized um, that so many of us, unless somebody has directly taught us um, or we've experienced it over and over and over again, we just don't see it. 
Um, but that language, you know, so what if you flip that? This article was so phenomenal to me because I kept thinking, you know, what if we just flipped everything to that? If we instead of saying privilege, we said white supremacy. So when I already think about how hard it is to have these conversations with white people, Sid, like it's so hard, right? You can't, you know, break through whatever you want to call it, you know, white fragility, you know, a lack of resilience, emotional resiliency. Um, but everything always comes down to that that end of day story. I'm not racist. I'm not. that. I can't handle that even being a thing. How dare you? And this article is calling for us to even take it further because it's not even saying, um, you know, the you know, it's 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 really calling on us to say, you know, it's not that you are privileged. Hey, white person, it's not that you're privileged. It's that it is white supremacy. And I just kept thinking about the 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 mass pushback um, that white people would have thinking about it this way while simultaneously thinking about how absolutely 100 percent correct that, that is. Right. And for, you know. And then I started thinking about all the ways that we sugarcoat, all the ways that language has been used to just keep sugarcoating the issue, sugarcoating the issue, turning it into something else when it's white supremacy at the end of the day, whether we want to call it diversity and inclusion work or, or this or that or privilege or that, you know, it's just like there's always a new term, a new word to distract us from white supremacy. And a lot of it comes from just that fear of white people calling it what it is. Mm-hmm. And we talk so much on this well, on this third episode <laughs> in our lives for people who have never interacted with us outside of the podcast. But we do talk a lot about, you know, everyone's individual identity and our individual responsibility. And so I'm not out here saying that you should now we need to go to this other extreme, which is like, you know, this experience of white guilt where then it's giving up everything or more commonly pretending to give up all of your access to privileges and that that is this like equating factor, right? No, it's about like we have to be able to handle the truth of it and own our, you know, yes, we've all, you know, if, if you're a successful white person, like we've done some work, sure. But at the same time, be able to say this is also what I had that was offered to me that is not accessible to everyone. And what does that mean? It doesn't mean I have to go off on this either, yeah, white guilt where I'm like, oh, I'll just pretend that I don't have any of these things and we're all the same and I feel bad. Or like, oh, I did everything myself and I'm going to be super defensive. But owning that and then I think that, like, you know, being able to be able to own what you haven't done means that, I don't know, maybe this is mental health at this point speaking, but means that you have to, at some some part of your life, has to be focused on disrupting oppression. And that doesn't look exactly the same for everyone, right? But, like, if you are living in this world as someone, and you're benefiting from some, I don't even, benefiting, like, exactly like Jonathan Perkins says, it's, like, not even the right word because there's so much cognitive dissonance that builds up in your own head while you're quote-unquote benefiting from the oppression of others, but you get access to things that are like safety and security and all of that. But if you're accessing all those things, you're building, you know, your your little family and whatever you're calling it out, 
in the burbs or wherever you are, maybe you're not in the burbs, you're still building something, and you're not also fighting systemic oppression, that, I, I just don't think we can actually be truly content, connected to our humanity, mentally, healthily, if you are not fighting oppression. And you're well, only there for your own, your, your own crew, right? Right. <laughs> well, it's that self-interest, right, which Kendi teaches us again, right? It's the root of these issues is self-interest. Everything comes back to your own needs being met, right? If we're thinking about healthcare for all, it's like, well, I want to keep my insurance. It doesn't matter that most people don't have insurance. <laughs> it doesn't matter that mm-hmm. most people have terrible insurance that they can't afford. Mm-hmm. It matters that I want my insurance, right? It's It's so easy, like, this cognitive dissonance that these words allow us to perpetuate. I The more we use words, I kept thinking, you know, a lot of people who have done, who do work similarly to us really struggle with language a lot. You know, we it's like, what words do we use? What can we use? Oh, I'm so tired of this word. It doesn't even mean that anymore. <laughs> you know, even words like community feel so like overused and exploited, you know? Um, so it feels like we're very limited and we have to just like invent our own <laughs> new language but i was thinking about all these words that allow for that could continue that cognitive dissonance to exist right like even oppression right it's become part once once these things become sort of part and parcel with um you know with um sort of accepted into this like social justice realm or social justice world where white people can rename or um alter or whatever we can just move things around to our liking um alter language to our liking it it allows there to continuously be this space that exists right this cognitive dissonance this space this denial and i really think that that's the beauty of this article is that it's saying that this is a denial i mean he literally says that i mean that the term privilege denotes a sense of legitimacy but when he goes on to explain Um, that the word privilege, the way we're using it, the way that white people benefit from it is that it allows them to be, he says, the ignorance, toxic patronizing liberalism, bigotry, entitlement, cultural hegemony, and that these are not privileges. They're sociopathic. I I was just like, whoa, like, (laughs) yes, like, yes. And then I, I, I think that we wanted to have this conversation with everybody today because it's we really have to start questioning how all what are the other words that have allowed us to do what are the other words that we use besides privilege what are the other words that we use on a daily basis no matter who we are particularly if you're white that allow the cognitive dissonance and the denial to continue mm-hmm. because it really is existing in all of these pieces of our life and i think that um you know what you're saying sydney about this you know upholding you know once you can meet that American dream, right? like if you can reach this place where you have the American dream and now all of a sudden be able to be reflective about that after you've already reached a place of building a life, whether you care to admit or not, off of white supremacy, right? Instead of saying your white privileges got you all of these American dream things, white supremacy and harm to black and brown bodies has gotten you the things that you got. Mm-hmm. I don't know what you think. I mean, I'm thinking about in a conversation that you would have with someone, how do you begin to have that conversation? Could you have that conversation with other white people? 
is it something that we can just talk about here together with <laughs> like mm-hmm. if white people are not even able to hear the, that they're doing racist things they're asking questions like how do i know it's racist <laughs> right? like if we're still sitting there how do we then take it this step further or does it even matter is it just enough that we know mm-hmm. is it just enough i don't know thing with whiteness is the cognitive dissonance to for us to say you know this is just me. I earned all this. I deserve all this. No part of this. And I don't need to do anything to right the system that benefited me. I don't need to, you know, do anything to fight that injustice. That's the inability. Anytime you have to lie to yourself to or lie to the people around you or keep together collectively keep up that delusion you are not only harming people who are more viscerally affected by a system, but we have to admit that we're harming ourselves, too. Like, exactly, I think that quote was super important. Well, then you have to admit that white sociopathic. Yeah, and that impacts all your relationships. So even if you want to pretend, you know, I can sit in this bubble of mostly white people or all white people, and it will impact those relationships, too. So it's like there's no... Escaping. There's no, yeah, and I just... Oh, now when I'm on the other side of that as a feminine female person seeing like, no, no, I definitely know that this is someone gave, you know, this woman gave up a lot of of emotional labor and you're just pretending it was all you. It was like, no, it's just Mm -hmm. not correct. (laughs) Well, because no matter where we are, when we understand that all of this is connected, right? You know, again, back to bell hooks and the white supremacist capitalist patriarch add on heteronormative family structure, all of these things, all these systems of oppression are connected. And so one of the goals I think that we have with this podcast that's so important is helping people to understand how this stuff shows up every day. So I think that you, the examples that you're giving are ways that this shows up every single day, you know, this that this labor is just doled out, that some people are seeing things in very broad ways and other people are benefiting from that without having to do the work how much work and labor went into somebody even being able to understand their work enough. You know, this is something that we definitely need to have a, another podcast about. But it's 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 so rooted, too, in this idea that justice work is an opinion, right? Like So many people think that the work that we do is just like running around with our liberal opinions or something. And it's like this idea that it's not... Um, that we're not like actually historians, <laughs> that we're not therapists, that we're not storytellers, that we're not artists, that we're, we all of these things are not pouring in to our understanding and it shouldn't be valued, right? It's not valuable work. But the reality is that it is arguably the only work that matters <laughs> because, you know, as a therapist even, this is the work that I see every single day. These are the needs that people have. They need to talk about the way that their sexuality has been suppressed. They need they have anxieties built up around all kinds of things, right? Um, an, an intense amount of racism at work, at home, in school, like whatever it is. The realities are that we live in this society uh, that is based and rooted in white supremacy, and we use a lot of different language to cover that up. And what we're actually covering up, I think and hope that what you're getting out of this episode is... We're covering up that white supremacy is at the root and we're covering up and denying our own complicity in it. And that looks different for for everybody in different ways. Um, But that's really at the root of what we are fighting. And I'm so grateful for this blog post 
um, by Jonathan Perkins and the work that uh, him and his sister are doing um, among so many other awesome people who are bringing these nuances to light because this is the reality. And and I think that we should go throughout the rest of our week and just start really replacing privilege with white supremacy. I'm really curious to see how that goes. I think we were joking the other day because every time I try to explain to people what I do, if I'm talking to a white person, their response like 90% of the time is about everybody being racist. Well, everybody is just really, ra- you know, just has racist, everybody, right? They're just, and their immediate response is, oh, well, well I'm not going to talk about me. <laughs> You're not talking about me, right? Because everybody does this. And I know you have a totally different experience when you tell uh, people. Yes. People. Well, mine is usually why. <laughs> sometimes there's more of a sentence. Sometimes it's just why. <laughs> why would you ever torture yourself by talking about white supremacy? I don't know. That is the rest of the sentence that's unspoken, yes. Yeah. Why don't you just live in delusion <laughs> like me for the rest of your life? <laughs> Maybe. I, it's so much easier that way. There might be a one follow-up question that's like, are you dating someone who's a person of color? Oh, and that's I'll why say, you care. Yeah, that, and then if I say no, then why would you do this? Right. Who that's cares? That's for a whole other episode, right? Yeah. It's just, there's, <laughs> this is literally going to go on forever. And again, we're so grateful that you're here with us. You know, this is this is challenging. It's new for us. It's a new platform. We're used to teaching. We're used to being in front of people. Um, we're also used to writing a lot. So this is so exciting. And we're just really grateful for the learning experience to be able to Uh, use our voices in new ways. But, you know, just to start to wrap up today's conversation, you know, I think, you know, just capping, you know, putting a cap sort of on these sort of key points, I guess, that we want to pull out here um, is, you know, how in your everyday life, you know, are you using words as scapegoats, right? Are you using words like privilege? Can you think of any other words sit off the top of your head? Besides privilege, that can be used as sort of this uh, euphemism for white supremacy. I almost, for some reason, emotional labor popped into my head mm. because mm. Uh, it's there. There's an oppressive element of it that's connected. <laughs> yeah, or like. Mm-hmm. nurturing. But now I'm like, oh, no, maybe those are just <laughs> words that I associate. Well, it could be all of the words. Right? I mean, there's so many words. I mean, even, you know, when we talk about the work that we had, you know, going into do work that you think is liberatory work and it's diversity and inclusion work. What is that? Uh-huh. Right. What, what we're really doing, we're not doing diversity and inclusion work. We're, we're trying to talk about white supremacy. And you're not letting us. But that's the work, right? Every all of these. (laughs) Right. So we'll call it something else. So I just, you know, I really think that this is a moment for us to invite you to challenge the language that you use every day to avoid saying white supremacy. And another big thank you for, you know, to to Jonathan Perkins' work, um, an article that really inspired uh, this conversation uh, today that we wanted to have publicly. So, yeah, let's think of some words. I know I'm certainly going to think about this because I know we feel forced to use a lot of this language. And he even mentions that in the article, that it's easier, right? It's easier because you're like, okay, I guess you know what that, you know, you just, it's like, do I want to open that can of worms or not, right? But just being aware individually, you know, when we're using words to cover up when we really mean white supremacy, you know? Um, I even think about sexism and, and other, like, you know, when you think about all of the systems of oppression that are rooted in white supremacy, but even when we're using those things and we don't want to call it that. Mm-hmm. And I think that it's, you know, if we can add one more takeaway, too, it's, you know, thinking of these words that we use 
that are kind of sugarcoating what we're actually trying to say. Mm -hmm. And then also consciously saying, okay, how am I, outside of my own immediate self-interest, quote-unquote, investment, um, am I trying to actually disrupt oppression? Am Am I trying to do that? What part of my life, what do I do every day that disrupts systemic oppression and not just self-serving or like my my closest crew serving or you know and I'm talking you know obviously specifically from my perspective but I think thinking concretely in terms of like Liana said the words but also then how am I actually trying every day what do I do that disrupts the whole larger scale oppression and not to mistake in that with charity because I think that's where people get messy Mm -hmm. is because when we start to think about the things that are coming from our self-interest, the things that we care about, the things we want to wrap up and deal with and address and argue for and vote for that are uh, directly connected to our own experience, right? Whether that's something we've been through, something our families have been through or struggled through, and we we stop it there. You know, we are, we're, we should still do those things because that's important. But when that's the end-all, be-all, then you have to take another step forward from that and question yourself, am I doing charity work, which is white supremacy, right? Or am I actually fighting for that for, 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 for justice and dignity for people who are not having the same experience as me. And that makes me think today, you know, I'll give an example of this because I think that, you know, we can be as intellectual as we want here, but at the end of the day, we just need to understand examples of this. But, you know, um, regardless of who you're voting for, you know, Sydney and I uh, definitely embrace, endorse, embrace, endorse <laughs> Bernie uh, for 2020, I think, right? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. (laughs) Just making sure. I'm like pretty sure. But um, but regardless, you know, I was thinking about this today. You know, I was born in another country. Um, uh, I also think about this with the the what is it? COVID 2019 coronavirus, whatever. And just like how much racism is popping up around this. Right. And how Americans very easily can like hide in this bubble and forget about the rest of the world. And so when I was thinking about, you know, Elizabeth Warren's track record around uh, foreign policy, which is horrific, um, I invite you to Google that information because it's it's pretty well known and, and widely spread. You know, it reminded me that we do have this there's, you know, this, you know, again, we can replace American privilege with white supremacy. Right. We are coming from this white supremacy that has founded this country that continues to create terrible policies that harm and hurt, you know, black, brown, indigenous people all over the world every day that all of us are benefiting from in some way, um, while simultaneously criminalizing in our own country. It's horrific. And so I think that this is another good, you know, sort of momentary example that everybody can participate, you know, in this perspective of who are you protecting, right? Is it only you? Is it only your family? Is it only people like you, people you know? You know, the the challenge and the takeaway for today, uh, like Sydney was saying, was really to look outside of your own identity. Look outside of your own identity and your own experience and start to think about the ways in which you may be doing charity that is not actually rooted in justice because if 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 replacing privilege with white supremacy is hard for you chances are you're coming from a charity model 
Mm-hmm. Yeah. So and let us know about it too. Follow mm-hmm. us. You can find us on Instagram, Facebook. You can comment. Reach out to us personally. Yeah. Reach out on our Patreon. Let us know what you want to talk about too. I think that's one of the most important things for us too. Is we want to know what you want to talk about. What do you want us to talk about? What resources do you do you need? What conversations do you want to have? Let us know. 